Welcome in. Happy Monday, everybody. It is the uh, it is the Bill Michaels show. Some technical stuff as as we get Bill up and running here on this. Uh, I mean, disappointing, deflating Monday morning. Uh, the Packers fall to the Lions last night, twenty to sixteen. Uh, Bill's Green and Gold post game show up as a podcast for the instant reaction. Today, uh, it is a continued reaction day. We we look at the game. We talk about what happened. We talk about the future, uh, I'm sure, which will be a very consistent topic uh, both this week and, and as we move forward. Um, I mean, a, a general reaction to what went on at Lambeau Field last night. An 877-867-1670 uh, is how you join the show. Uh, we might have Bill up and running. Bill, you there? You know, uh, it's, uh, I, it wasn't that I wanted to be silent today because... I, I, I was going to start out by saying normally, happy Monday, good Monday to you. Today's not a good Monday by any stretch of the imagination. And I kind of felt like Matt LaFleur. I thought I had my game plan ready, and it probably pays you a little bit more if you actually plug the microphone in. So that that's <laughs> – I'm looking around. I'm like, what the hell? And then I realized I got the plug hanging on the floor. I'm like, oh, okay, there you go. So hey, it's just – You're like the Packers uh, offense. Yeah, uh, pretty much uh, I, I showed up and I was lifeless. <laughs> so uh, what a night last night. It was, it, to say it was deflating would be an understatement. Everybody thought they were going to win. I, I don't know anybody that, I mean, it was really a weird day yesterday. And it's still somewhat surreal. I mean, I came home last, I got home last night about, um, by the time I got into bed, it was probably about 3.30, quarter to 4 this morning. And uh, I got home, um, it did a few things around the house, and then I climbed into bed. And then, you know, it takes you, you know, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes to kind of wind down. And uh, I ended up, I, it was funny because I was falling asleep and I'm dreaming about this. I'm dreaming about all the reaction and everything that we had last night. Mike Clemens and I met yesterday uh, early. We met about, I think, like between 1230 and 1 o'clock. We drove up together. And we stopped off and got something to eat. And as we're, we get to the Green Bay house last night and there's people there and they're like, hey, what do you think? And I said, I, I'm not the person to ask. Don't ask me. I, I don't I don't have I, I haven't had a good feeling about this. I picked them to win, but I just haven't had a good feeling. And Mike was pretty confident. And then everybody there is like, come on. You know, you said the same thing last week. I said, no, last week I thought it could have gone either way uh, against the Vikings because the Vikings, we knew their defense wasn't that good and that the Packers could exploit it. This is a team that, and Ben, did I not preach all week? It doesn't matter if the Seahawks win or lose; they are coming to kick the Packers' ass. You did, and frankly, I I, I kind of disagreed, and you were completely right. I I just the the I mean, this is to, and I want to get into this because there's a story to the level of of disrespect they felt from Aaron Rodgers. And and I want to and Mike could probably tell it better because it actually happened down there when he was down there. But uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead and tell it anyway. Uh, and then Mike can kind of go through it uh, detail wise when he joins us in the last hour of the show. But this was a team in, with Dan Campbell that said we we feel disrespected, and he used it as their battle cry all week leading up to this game. And he got those guys ready to play. The fans were ready, and their whole thing was whether the Seahawks win or lose, we're going to kick their ass. I mean, that was what guys were saying coming out of Lambeau Field last night. And 
it, it was a more physical game. We talked about that. That the and Mike said it when we were uh, doing our, our call on Friday. He said, "Look, this Lions team is a more physical team than what you saw in uh, against Minnesota." But I kept saying, I just don't have a good feeling about this. And I'm not the person to ask for a winner. Because a lot of people are just wanting to hear, yeah, you know, they're going to win. Because you want that optimism. You want that camaraderie. Okay, let's go. They're, they're, they're on their way to a victory. And But people yesterday were just like, ah, it's the Lions. It's the Lions. They're not going to have anything to play. Because they actually, before the game, they put up the Seattle game on the Jumbotron, on the big screen. And as Seattle was going down. I mean, the place was erupting, going crazy, and I kept thinking, this is not good. You are doing this. You are egging them on. Because everybody else is like, we don't want to see it. We don't want to know about what's happening. And not only did you want the, the Detroit Lions to see it, but every time Seattle was ready to score, you put it up on the Jumbotron. It was like, we are going to antagonize you and let you know you have nothing to play for. And they took that and ran with it. I mean, all you did was piss them off. And I, I, I kept thinking to myself, what, what is good about the Green Bay Packers? And I couldn't answer that question. What's good about them? Keyshawn Nixon looked pretty good, obviously, as a returner. But the Lions said, not on our watch. We're going to beat your ass. And they did. The offense, Rodgers stinks. He just does. Um, I don't know if you can teach an old dog new tricks. Today's going to be a very honest look at this football team. The defense, undisciplined, a lot like their head coach. I think Matt LaFleur has been now outcoached in three straight big games at home. He's walked off the field with this I'll-check-the-tape crap. He is lifeless. He is milk toast, And you, you compare him to some of the coaches that are in the postseason right now. You look at a guy. Did you watch Doug Peterson when the Jaguars won on Saturday night? Ben, did you watch that? Oh, yeah. Did you see just the, the, the speak and the connection? And there was this level of confidence. And I'm the guy in charge, but we're going to have some fun. And it, I, I don't get that sense. As much from Matt LaFleur. I know Mike and I, because Mike and I were talking about this coming home last night. I disagree with Mike a little bit because I keep asking him, do you think Matt LaFleur's lost his team? When I remember Matt LaFleur running down the sidelines, screaming at Aaron Rodgers in year one, as opposed to absolutely lips puckered to ass all throughout this season, it's a vast difference in head coach, in tenacity. A vast difference. Um, I, so what's good? Christian Watson started to come on, yeah. But again, yesterday, it's like people got on me for saying that this team doesn't have a downfield threat. And I said, well, okay, okay, let's back it off and say they don't have a downfield game. Their downfield game is, you know, run and hope for something. You know, and it was I was watching this morning when I got up, and, and Dan Orlovsky is probably one of Aaron Rodgers' biggest proponents. He is a very much a understand the mentality, the cheerleader style of Aaron Rodgers. And even today, he said this was an offense that came in with no plan. Just to, just hope. Just let's try that. There, there was no there was no check downs and take what they give you. There was there was none of that. 
It's always just downfield shotgun, downfield shotgun, downfield hope shotgun. And and shame on Matt LaFleur. Shame on Matt LaFleur. Because he had to at some point recognize this is not James Jones, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, uh, all those guys. You don't, those guys don't, they're not here. You've got one guy that's got speed who's really inexperienced and raw. Romeo Dobbs, who was pretty much non-existent. And you focus on a guy like Alan Lazard, who's a guy at best. And and your best weapons at times were your running backs who you just completely forgot about and said, well, that's unacceptable. No, that's unacceptable for you as the head coach and the play caller. That's on you. That's not on Rodgers. And, you know, if Rodgers is checking out of it, that's still on you as the head coach. So what is this team good at? Not much. This was a bad football team. And now, uh, and I understand, look, Aaron Rodgers has had an incredible career. And there is, you're never going to convince me that he wasn't one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But now it's the almost like the good, we're going to hear from him, but almost like the goodbye last night. But I'll let you know. And and I said, if because you're going to have three different segments of this that are going to go on now this offseason. One is going to be Matt LaFleur, and what is he going to do with his coaching staff? What is he going to do with his coaching staff? Aaron Rodgers, and the dance now begins, and it's here we go again. Roll your F and I's. Okay? And then the third part of this is Brian Gutekinst is going to go before Mark Murphy with Russ Ball, and he's going to say, not on my watch. These guys were good. I put a team together that should have been a good defense, that proved to many people they were a good defense. I put an offensive line. Look at the money we've spent on the left side of that offensive line. And they got their asses whipped in the trenches. Embarrassingly bad. They got beat by the Jets. They got beat by the Giants. They got beat by the Eagles. They got beat by the Lions. That was an embarrassingly bad offensive line. I mean whipped. So my argument is he's going to go in front of Mark Murphy. He's going to say, uh-uh, it's not me. I picked players. I put this team together. I figured out this roster. Everybody thought coming in the line would be strong on both sides, and everybody thought that the talent would be great in the back end, and it wasn't. Not on my watch. Wasn't me. The two dudes down there running things, Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry. And Matt LaFleur's not going to go because he's got a hall pass. Next year he has no hall pass. Next year he's, he's, he's coaching without a net. But Joe Barry sucks. The defense got better at the end of the season, but it was too little too late. It was too little too late. If you got to wait until you got five games left in the season to figure out some adjustments and to start actually doing some things differently when the guys didn't get it and didn't want to buy into your system, that's on you, man. That's on you. You want to run that back? You want to bring that back to this team again? You better hope and pray. Because that'll be the boat anchor that takes Matt LaFleur down. If he brings back Joe Barry, that'll be the boat anchor that takes him down. So this year, if I'm Brian Gutekinst, this year is not about the dance of will he or will he not. This year, what I say today is, hey, I go down and I start having my exit meetings. 
Aaron's going to come into the office, or you're going to go meet with Aaron, maybe on his terms, whatever it is, whatever needs to make Aaron feel good about himself. And whatever, wherever he needs to meet you, but you're going to meet him and you're going to say, you know what? You had a down year. Don't let it get you down. We know that there was changes. Go away. Take take a month off. Now, he's talking about free agency again, which is and I think that's completely unacceptable. But go away. I'm going to come out and meet you in about a month. Wherever you want to meet, I'll meet. If you want to meet, you know, over in the Andes Mountains, I'll meet you in the Andes Mountains. If you want to meet in South Africa, I'll meet you in South Africa. You want to meet on a beach in Malibu, I'll meet you on a beach in Malibu. Wherever it is, I'm going to meet you. And we're going to sit down and talk. And when you get out there in a month or whenever, you get out there, you say, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you feeling? Body good? Everything's good. How's the thumb? Thumb's good. It's all healed. Great. Okay. All right, let's talk. Here's my talk. How are you feeling about coming back? And here's the reason why. And I thought long and hard about this. And I get football players and such are different. But this is what I'm doing as, as a general manager for this football team. I'm paying you $50 million a year. That contract says a year. It doesn't say a season. It doesn't say for seven months. A year. I need you all in. I need you all in. I need you in the OTAs. If you want to be a if you want to sit up with us and start looking at game film of some of these wide receivers coming out of college, I need you here. I need you invested. I need you thinking football, eating football, breathing football, because I'm paying you $50 million. Not to go off and let Cobby coach him up. No, 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 nay, nay. You sit here and you be with us. You're all in. You only got a couple years left in your career, whether it's one or two. But if you're in, you're in. Okay? You're in. So you come in. And you give me that. And I'll I'll put the best team I can put around you, and we will work together to get this thing right. Okay? We'll do that. But if you're hemming and hawing and you want to go off and you don't want to, you don't feel like you should be at OTAs or mini camps and let other guys coach them up and you don't I don't need you anymore. There's no pedestal high enough for you and your ego. I don't need you. So you tell me what team or give me a list of 10 or 15 of them that you wouldn't mind being traded to, and I'm going to trade you away. Done. What I need is football players that are making a bunch of money that want to make this a year-round investment. The reason Brady has seven rings, and and Brady screwed the curve up for everybody. For everybody. Admittedly. But the reason Brady has seven rings is because that dude was unbelievably invested. He ate it. He drank it. He crapped it. He thought it. Everything was football. And I need you with everything being football. I need it. It, it, it. To be a champion, you can't be three-quarter in. To be a champion, you can't have Cobby coach him up. So that's number one. Number two I I bring in Matt LaFleur, and I say, you do with your coaching staff what you want to do. But if I see the same undisciplined crap that I saw this year, and that's taking Quay Walker and all that different stuff out of the equation. If I see the same crap where guys can't tackle, guys are freelancing, guys aren't buying in, guys are kind of speaking out against the system, then that's your job. At the end of the season, you and I are going to part ways. You'll get your money. Don't worry about it. But you're you're out the door. You and pr- probably your brother, because it looks like his brother might be keying too. Pro- you and your brother can hit the unemployment line together. 
There you go. And then as far as Joe Barry goes, that's up to your boat anchor. If you're going to bring him back, you better pray to God that everybody in that defense matures. You better pray to God that everybody in that defense is on the same page. And you better pray to God that the defense that we expected to be in the top five this year is the top five next year. Because if it's not, you and Joe better hire the seat. Maybe you get a two-for-one deal on moving trucks to get your ass out of Green Bay. That, but but you got to have everybody committed. And if it's not going to be that, then start moving pieces around. Then start moving pieces around. That would be it. You, you've got the ability to run it back. It's whether or not you do, that's, that's, that's up to you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Today's a really honest look at the Green Bay Packers. And, and what you want, what you think, and what's reality. There, there's a lot there. Also, what was said to Aaron Rodgers in the tunnel last night. You're going to want to hear it. You're not going to, I'm going to just tell you the story. I'm, I'm, there's no sound of this. It's just, I'm going to tell you the story, but, but stay tuned. Uh, hit us up. Give us a shout. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. It's a tough day, but it's a reality day. Stay tuned. Coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I mean, it's a little raw right now. You know, it's just a little bit after the game. So I uh, want to take the emotion out of it and have the conversations and see where the organization's at and see how I feel after some time has passed. Welcome back to the program, Phil Michaels Show. An honest look at the Green Bay Packers this Monday after what went down yesterday. So we had talked about um, the uh, the Lions and, and coming in as um, a team that was vying for a playoff spot. And I had said coming into this game that I I think I'd rather see them playing for a playoff spot, the Lions, than not. But regardless, they're going to come in and try to give you everything. Now, what happened was, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this, remember after the Packers got beat 15-9, to and Rodgers' quote was, you can't lose a game like that against that team. Remember that? Remember that? You can't lose a game like that against that team. So last night, walking off the field, and that was, I mean, there were guys, we talked about that on Friday, there were guys in the Lions locker room that said they didn't give a S about Aaron Rodgers. They felt disrespected by Aaron Rodgers. You know, there was some other stronger language regarding Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that was palpable in Detroit, and you got that sense. Last night coming off the field, he's arm in arm with Cobb. Cobb is obviously, you know, got some tears. He believes that's probably his last game at Lambeau. Maybe Mason Crosby's last game at Lambeau. Could be Aaron Rodgers' last game at Lambeau. Could be Bakhtiari's last game at Lambeau. I mean, there's a lot of emotion, right? And in the tunnel, now when you come out, you can go to the left, which goes to the Packers locker room. And then as you're going into the tunnel, obviously the south end zone has the locker room for the the visitor. 
And then when you get into the tunnel, you can go to the right, and that's the media, uh, the elevator that goes up and down to the media center. Um, the There was a someone from the Lions uh, organization, and I don't know if it was a ball boy or somebody in upper management, but they said to Rodgers, I guess you lost to a team like that. And Rodgers kind of looked up, and somebody from the Packers organization went real, real classy, classy. Like, you know, hey, we just got beat. We, we, that's what you want to say? And the guy turned around and said, Rodgers said it. Own it. Rodgers said it. And it was like, wow. Somebody calling him out and calling him, own it. Be responsible for what it is you say. Can't lose a game like that against that team, though. There you go. That's what he said. And this whole thing about I'm up on this pedestal, I'm in this Zen atmosphere, I'm in this different level of knowledge and and such, is people are like, no, we just smashed you in the mouth, and you didn't have an answer. You looked scared, you looked frustrated, you looked old. Rodgers looked old this year. And it was... uh, it was, it was, it resonated. They came in to kick your ass and they beat you up. And this is the third straight year that, that they have walked off Lambeau Field at home, at home, and played bad and were completely outcoached. And your, your biggest asset, your leader, played bad. All this talk about regular season MVPs and this, if he can't take you to a Super Bowl, then then you would have to move on. I've said all along, I think he gives you the best chance to win. I'll stand by that. But there is something innately in him. The unwillingness to take what things what, what's given to you rather than trying always to be great, you can be great in a moment. There, I don't know if you're, you're going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I was thinking about this coming home last night when we were discussing. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe they do say to hell with you. All of this Zen stuff and talking in monotone and, the, you know, I'm, I'm smarter than everybody else. And, I, you know, I, I, all that stuff, you know, you, you, you painted yourself in a corner, didn't want anybody to talk about you in a negative light, but yet chastised everybody, fooled everybody with immunization, fooled everybody with my thumb is hurt, thinking that you're on this different level, always being, never wanting to be talked about, but always dropping these these hints of discretion, yet you're going to throw something out there, but you're not, now I'll let you know, and I maybe I'll do this, and maybe I'll do that, and it's great to see this person and that person. You go through the laundry list of people that, that you, you've enjoyed working with over the years, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're always trying to be outsmarting everybody and out in front of everything and keeping your name out there. and It's like, damn it, just win football games. And win meaningful football games. And oh, by the way, twice now in three years when you had an opportunity to run it into the end zone or get hit at the goal line, you wussed out. You chose not to. Against the Buccaneers, you did it. And last night again, you did it as well. Both times. Both times. I think Aaron Rodgers is a tough dude. I think Aaron Rodgers also has a lot of demons. And I don't know if he's the guy to lead the team anymore. But if he doesn't commit and doesn't say I'm all in, then Gutekinds has to look him in the eye and say, talk to you later.
You tell us where you want to go. We'll try to get you there. But other than that, you're not going to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. Because we don't need it. We're paying a lot of money for you as a leader to be as lackluster as lackluster can be in the biggest moments right now. Stop living on 2010. That's gone. See ya. And oh, by the way, you won it with a terrific defense. And the leader on that team was not you. It was Charles Woodson. It was Charles Woodson. All right, we're going to open up the phone lines when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, we had a couple chances, for sure. Can't lose a game like that against that team, though. So that's going to hurt for a while. They don't respect us. A-Rod doesn't respect us. That team doesn't respect us. You know, we used to be an underdog. No matter what the record says, we're going out there. We, I think we're going to fight our ass off, but smash my football. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but I just don't like the way he's been talking about my guys all year and the way that team views us. So we want to go out there and prove something. The way he carried himself, I don't like none of that shit. So we got to go out there and show, show what we can do. And they did. They punched the Packers in the mouth. The Packers' failures in the red zone, the Packers' turnovers. By the way, Aaron Jones, two of the last three years in the biggest moments in the biggest games, he's coughed the ball up. Terrific running back, terrific weapon, I, you know, but um, that's become a thing. It was uh, last night when he coughed the ball up, it was Twitter was on fire with Aaron Jones can't hang on to the ball in the biggest moments. Um, that, and not saying that that's true or untrue. I'm just simply saying it became a thing. It's now the vitriol is out there for that as well. But the red zone offense sucks. <laughs> I, I still can't figure out, and this is – I wish Matt LaFleur would just have the stones to answer the question like a legitimate, you know, X's and O's guy rather than this, I'll have to check the tape crap. But why in the hell do you go to shotgun when you get inside first and goal? And to me, the biggest indictment of this team, of this offense, and if I'm an offensive lineman, I, I, I'm publicly humiliated in a very backhanded way because they can't run the football. In the biggest moments, when you're first in goal, Rodgers wants shotgun and throw the football. Or that delayed handoff, which just looks like crap. Why? They don't have belief in the offensive line. You don't have the ability to move people. For all the money that's been spent, the interior of your offensive line... To me, it goes back to when Mike Sherman said, we are going to ride this offensive line to a championship. And then when it came to fourth and goal, and about two feet in Philadelphia, he kicked a field goal. This offensive line is great. We put a lot of money into this. We've got these guys that can move people, and these guys are going to protect and blah, 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 blah. And then when it came into the biggest moment, kicked a field goal. When you get into the biggest moment, The biggest moment. First and goal, man. You got to punch it in. You've been given a gift. And what do they do? I got to pass. I got to go shotgun. I got to I got to go five wide on third and two. <laughs> you know? In other words, yeah. Offensive lineman, you guys can pass block. Just keep airing upright for about a second and a half to two seconds, but you guys suck. You know, the predictability of what the offense is is the creativity of Matt LaFleur. Was it Nathaniel Hackett? Can somebody just up there just let us know? Did they did they keep the wrong guy? Should they have made Nathaniel Hackett the head coach and let Matt LaFleur go? Because certainly the offense 
was mediocre would be putting it kindly this season. The offense never found its identity, and it was always hunting and pecking for the big play. We got to go downfield all the time, all the time. Hope when you, when your biggest, when your best play you can draw up is to hope for downfield pass interference. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you suck. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Uh, here's something for you. Just real quick before I take to the phones, real quick. Um, when the Packers need their MVP quarterback to come through in the biggest moments, in the biggest games, the last few seasons, the fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers, 411, 54 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That was 2020, uh, 2020 against Tampa Bay. 2021, four of seven, 17 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Week 18 against Detroit, two of six for 12 yards and a pick. So in the fourth quarter, the last three years, in the biggest moments, of the biggest games, he is 10 of 24 for 83 yards and an interception, which gives you a quarterback rating of 33.9. <laughs> There's your leader. There's your pedestal. There's your ayahuasca. There's thy I'm injured. There's my I'm immunized. There's my I'm smarter than the average bear. That's not a leader. That means everybody else was carrying your ass. And all you did was win MVP awards to get them to that point. And then when they needed you the most, you wilted. You wilted. 877-867-1670. Somebody said over on the um, Bud Light live stream, they can't tell if I like Rodgers or not. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he is a tremendous quarterback. I think he is probably the best I have ever watched. I met Aaron the day after he was drafted. He was a very smart, wide-eyed kid, but very cerebral. Uh, I even said to him at the time, if your talent is half as good as your knowledge, you will be a Hall of Famer. He made me look brilliant. I appreciate everything he's done. And if he walks away today, his career was absolutely fantastic to watch. He gave us many wowing and amazing moments. And I, I loved every minute of it. But somewhere along the line, something changed. And he went from being a guy that just wanted to prove himself and just wanted people to respect him to being a guy that basically demanded you respect him and put himself on a pedestal. And the condescension, the arrogance of Aaron Rodgers was a complete turnoff, not just to me, but to many people, even some of the most staunch supporters outwardly of Aaron Rodgers. Is he a tremendous quarterback? Absolutely. Is he a good person? I don't know anymore. Couldn't tell you. Is he respected? Absolutely. But when it comes to certain things on the field, everything you do around the game that brings you to the approach of the biggest moments when the when the light is the brightest, you have to account for. You are the leader. You're the guy that demanded to be paid the highest and then told everybody, no, it's not, but yes, it is. And if it, and last night, one of the comments was it, when they said, hey, you got 50 million reasons to come back. He said, it's not about the money. Well, if it's not about the money, then why demand to be the highest paid player in the NFL? Why not leave a lot more on the table to figure out a lot more different situations and solutions to help this team win? That 
when you look into the camera and you look into somebody's eyes and say it's not about the money, that is an outright, positive, bald-faced lie. And those type of things are the things that turned me off. 877-867-1670. We got Ron listening to us in Minnesota. Ron, how are you doing today, man? What's up? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good today. What's up? Um, this Roger situation, right? It's been the last three or four seasons now. Um, the Gutenkunst is going to have to figure this thing out, right? I I liked what you said about how Roger said, "Okay, I want more buy-in. I kind of want to see, you know, I want a little bit of a say." Well, then you can't go down to Peru for three months and come and you know watch the draft over there and think you're going to have a say. Then you know you got to buy in, right? If you're if you're going to come back, you got to be back. We're going to need you. If you want to step away, step away. We'll roll with Jordan Love. Either he's good and we become a good team with around him and we build some pieces around him and make the playoffs, or we fall off and get a top-ten pick and pick somebody else. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. There's a lot of people that are at that same point right now as far as Rodgers goes. And he, I don't know how Matt LaFleur can look at this team in the eye today. You knew that Detroit was going to come in and hit him in the face. You knew mm-hmm. they felt disrespected by Rodgers. You knew that they were going to come and give you their all, regardless of their playoff situation. And then you show up and play like that, right? I mean, where was that team that was on that field against Minnesota? And I get Minnesota's not as good of a team as Detroit. Detroit just had some games go their, not go their way. Otherwise, they're in the same position Minnesota's in. Right. How do you look at that team and say, okay, there's a there's discipline issues on defense. That's on Matt Lafleur. Joe Barry looked like he forgot what playbook he was supposed to be having to you know how are you playing a soft zone on fourth and ten you know right just just so many mistakes overall over out coached i mean and i like detroit coach i thought he did a really good job he he got those guys motivated man Lafleur was over there like he just had his mouth agape like he had no answers he had no halftime adjustments and he had no plan going in like i don't know what kind of game plan you can honestly look and say he had i mean you know what do you think about it <laughs> i have no idea i appreciate the phone call i have no idea offensively what the specific game plan was i couldn't figure out why the hell they're running so many end arounds early on they're, and what was the deal with forcing the ball to alan lazard he's a guy that was the game plan bill i i, I that, that was the dumbest thing i think i've i've ever witnessed i guess you're trying to soften up the edges a little bit but for what they, they were beating your ass in the trenches and coming up. From, when you did try to run things on the outside or did try to throw screens or what have you, you couldn't do it anyway. They were beating you up front. I, I don't understand what the game plan was. And that craptastic chill Alaska fourth down play handing an end around to Alan Lazard was the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. I, 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 can't, I can't figure it out. Aaron likes his balls very inflated. There you go. There you go. Uh, we got to do this. Uh, got our buddy Matt Mitchell coming up. Uh, he is next, and uh, we're going to talk with him for a couple of minutes about this team and about some betting. We got obviously a national championship coming up tonight. And then uh, the entire rest of the show is going to be all you and me. So if you're on hold, stay right where you're at. John, Gerard, Eric, everybody, hang in there. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They got 0% financing right now for a long, long time. All you got to do is call and find out if you're home.
If your home is not satisfactory, if it's a little bit cool, if it's a little bit breezy, if you can feel the draft, if the windows and the, the sills and everything just look bad and they're starting to rot, or that door, you go to open it up, you're thinking to yourself, man, I hope the house doesn't catch on fire. I won't even get out of the house because the door won't open. Get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, whether it's an entryway, patio door, new windows, casings on the outside, casings on the inside, new hardware, roll screen, slider windows, crank windows, whatever it is, whether it's wood, vinyl, the impervia, whatever it is, they can help you out because they are the choice of many, by many, the most popular choice within the state of Wisconsin. That is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And um, I'm telling you, it uh, it not only makes your house more economical and more beautiful, but it's more valuable. And in today's housing market, you need all the value you can get. Get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Go to PellaWI.com. That is P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That's 855-PELLA-WI. Stay tuned. We're going to talk with Matt Mitchell. Don't go anywhere. We're going to continue this. This is a real honest look at the Green Bay Packers today, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Lions. 20-16, Green Bay was favored to win and would have been on their way to face the 49ers next weekend in San Francisco. But Detroit's players were motivated by this quote from Aaron Rodgers made after the Packers' 15-9 loss to the Lions at Ford Field back in November. You know, we had a couple chances, for sure. Can't lose a game like that against that team, though. So that's going to hurt for a while. Lions head coach Dan Campbell used that statement in his team meetings all last week. The result? They played their ass off. They were ready for this game. And, uh, you know, they wanted to prove something, and they did that. Lions running back Jamal Williams rushed for 72 yards, his first 1,000-yard season in the NFL, and scored two touchdowns, breaking a team season record set by Hall of Famer Barry Sanders. But the former Packers said it was more than just revenge against his old team. A lot of stuff happened to me in my life lately, like just my dad and my great-grandfather passing away. So, And my heart has been heavy. You know, I've, I've always tried to just smile and make sure I, I'm there for my team and being a great teammate. So the Packers finish with a record of 8-9, their first losing season under Matt LaFleur in four years, who will address the media again tonight, LaFleur, after the game. I do commend our locker room and, and the guys for their ability to overcome adversity throughout the course of the season, but I think ultimately we dug ourselves in too big of a hole, and the margin for error in this league is so small. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show continues on. This portion of it brought to you by our friends at uh, Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com for all that they have. Time to talk a little betting. We've got a big national title game tonight, TCU in Georgia. Matt Mitchell, the Action Network, joining us uh, on the on the hotline. Matt, how you doing today, man? Bill, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'll just say Quay Walker obviously has twice gotten in trouble for pushing someone that wasn't playing in the game this season. Right. And both times they've helped me win a bat. So he's my MVP of the Packers this season. Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, well, I didn't know they were betting on that particular sense, but uh, there you have it. Uh, the, uh, the the Packers obviously were favored going into this game. I had a bad feeling about it. Uh, let's talk about uh, now after things have finally settled and we've got games that are in place. I can't believe 
that the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, the Cowboys obviously are a huge draw. They get a lot of eyes. They're going to be the Monday night game, but it could possibly be the last game for Tom Brady as well, whether it's in the NFL or at least in Tampa Bay. So let's start there with Dallas already being installed as three-point favorites and looking terrible, I might add. Yeah, it is a fascinating game, right? There's so much at play. There's so many so many different angles. It should be... Uh, it should be really an electric football game. Well, I believe it's Joe Buck on the call as well. It's going to be – it's a tough one to handicap too because the Bucks have looked terrible. The Cowboys have been up and down. It's only Cowboys minus three right now. The game is going to be in Tampa. Um, they met in week one. Tampa won 19-3, but Dak got hurt. So a lot of kind of dust left to settle here. But I would anticipate uh, Tom Brady not playing next season. So I think we are watching the farewell tour here. Uh, your Bills, uh, they uh, they look really good against the Patriots. They still have some issues defensively speaking, but 10-point favorite, favorites early on installed against the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It looks like it's going to be about uh, 25 degrees in Buffalo for that game uh, next Sunday. Give me your thoughts on that contest. Yeah, the line certainly indicates that Tua won't play. It went from 9 to 10.5 almost immediately, which certainly indicates there is uh, an expectation that it will be anybody but to under center and, and for obviously very good reasons. Bill's double-digit home favorites in a playoff game. That is a lot of points. But as you saw yesterday, the Dolphins' offense looks absolutely horrendous right now. I think all the, the magic seems to be gone. They were fighting for their lives, and all they could muster was nine points yesterday. So I think it's, it's Bill's or nothing because, you know, if they fall behind 10 nothing early, and they have to pass, pass, pass. I don't know how the points are going to get there. Um, by the way, I don't know who had uh, Cliff Kingsbury on the coaches to be fired methodology, but he has been canned. So breaking news, uh, Lovey Smith loses his job today. Cliff Kingsbury loses his job today. So there you have it. Hey, um, give me, uh, because I know we're running a little bit up against the clock. Give me tonight's game and, and thoughts on tonight's game between TCU and Georgia. So the best bet we have at, at Action Network, the one that our team loves the most, is Brock Bowers receiving yards over. They think the all-world tight end for Georgia will have an enormous game against TCU. I took him to win uh, MVP of the game at 16-1. to For those looking for just a pick on the game itself, I took TCU as soon as it opened. I am very fond of the program. I think Sonny Dykes has them riled up and ready to go. Could they lose by 35 to Georgia? Sure, but I think they are exhibiting the kind of preparation and uh, preparedness of a championship-caliber program, and I think it is totally inbounds to think they can keep this under two touchdowns tonight in the biggest game of their lives. Absolutely awesome, and then we're going to touch base again on Friday. We'll start talking even more about the weekend as we start to get the injury reports and such as well. Always good, man. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks a lot, Bill. Good luck, everybody. There you go. That is our buddy Matt Mitchell, the Action Network. Some things to uh, kind of look at wagering upon. Brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. They've got a lot of good stuff coming up. If you want to book a room, a luxury stay, elite play, you can do so. They've got the casino, which is open. They've got the bingo that is open. Some of the events coming up. DJ Goose is coming up here uh, this weekend. You've got Gabriel Sanchez and the duo coming up on January 14th. That's a Saturday, 830. Herman's Hermits. There you go. <laughs> coming coming to uh, to Potawatomi as well if you want to get in on that. They've got some really uh, good restaurants um, as well. Dream Dance, the theater is awesome. So 
many different things over at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Back to the phones when we come back. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Coming up, one hour down, we got more yet to go. Eric Baranchek is going to be breaking down the film with us. We're going to talk with him about the end of the season for the Green Bay Packers as well. Coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 